All right, let's get into today's show. The power of words. So let's talk about John Wooden. Here he is, the man himself. Make each day your masterpiece. I tried to do that as far as teaching, whether I was teaching English classes or whether I was teaching uh, basketball, baseball, tennis, or whatever ever sport that I was uh, uh, teaching. Make each day your masterpiece. Yesterday's gone. Uh, you can do nothing about it. It'll never change. Uh, tomorrow is yet to be. And the only effect you can have on tomorrow is what you do today. Today is the only day that really counts, so make each day your masterpiece. Don't expect great improvement. Just a little improvement each day, but a little each day soon adds up to quite a bit. Here's a funny story from John Wooden and his great-grandson. One of my granddaughters and her husband had one of my great-grandsons. They were out eating in a, in a Chinese restaurant, and he opened a Chinese cookie which they gave, and it said... Uh, be quick, but don't hurry. And he said, is this where Papa gets all these sayings on the fortune cookies? <laughs> <laughs> and at 7.15, we're going to talk to the man, Neville Johnson, who studied John Wooden like nobody else, wrote a book called Woodenisms, and we'll get into his favorites. But let's talk about his prize student, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, because this is what fascinates me the most. This is an entire show I put together with Steve Paulette about the power of words. But listen to when Kareem talks about what John Wooden didn't tell him. Let's get to some background of Kareem and Coach Wooden meeting. I first came out here in uh, March of 1965, a pretty cocky kid, um, very confident about my basketball abilities. And it was a very difficult time. The, the, the nation was in a lot of turmoil. There were a lot of uh, bad things happening. The, the summer before uh, I came out here, it was a really bad race ride in, in New York City. Here I am, ripping and rearing, you know, thinking about my basketball career. And the first thing Coach Wooden wants to talk to me about is academics. And um, he said, you know, uh, Lewis, you, you have very good grades. You, you should do well here and uh, you should graduate. Uh, this is something I expect all, all my players to do, and uh, I don't think you're gonna have any problem. And you know, we talk about academics you know, for a good 20, 25 minutes, no mention of basketball. And I'm like, geez, what's gonna happen here? One yeah. thing that he didn't understand was how racism affected people, uh, affected black Americans. He, he really had no idea about that. And just observing the things that I had to deal with as we traveled together and went about uh, the uh, business of you know, laying waste to the Pack 8. Um, as we did that and he saw how people w w would react to me, it, it really helped open him up to a number of things uh, about prejudice. But he listened to how Kareem says, well, he didn't know much about prejudice. And yes, he did. Listen to Kareem tell this story about what John Wooden didn't say. There was something I found out about Coach toward the end of uh, his life that I hadn't known that, that really shocked me. And uh, it really is an indication of what his character was about. <clears throat> While Coach was uh, coaching at Indiana, uh, at Indiana State, um, his teams did very well. They were invited to the NAIA tournament. And um, the NAIA tournament was held in Kansas City. Coach got a, a call and said, uh, your team did very well. We want you to come to the tournament, but you can't bring the, the black ball player that's on your team. Mm. And Coach Wooden told the guy, well, look, you know, we, we've 
going through the whole season together. Uh, I'm not going to do that because we're going to stay together to the end of the season. So uh, thank you for the invitation. And coach hung up on him and didn't go to the tournament. So next year, Indiana State did better mm. and um, had an even better record. And Coach Wooden got the same phone call at the same time of year with the same proposition. And Coach Wooden said, you know, I, I, I think you should know where this phone call is going. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to be able to come again. And before Coach could uh, turn down the offer, um, they buckled down. They, they, they buckled in, rather. They gave in and uh, allowed Coach Wooden to bring his black ball player. Mm. That was a, a blow for the civil rights movement you know, at the very start of it. This is 1948. And I would have been very impressed when I first got here by that knowledge. Coach Wooden never, ever talked to me about that wow. because he saw that as something that he should have done and he was only doing the right thing and he wasn't going to try to get any additional credit for it. How do you like that? He had that type of character. Now, I, I would have been as impressed as hell uh, with him if he had told me that, but he, he didn't tell me that. He, he let our relationship develop and grow in the way that it should. And that's, uh, that, that, that's the most meaningful uh, lesson I could get from him, his integrity. Coach Wooden helped me understand how to live and how to become a better person every day that I was with him. And it made it possible for me to see the right way to do things. It was the power of his words and the power of his actions. Where in art do we see someone like John Wooden? Here's President Kennedy. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win, and the others too. Here's more. Let both sides explore what problems unite us instead of belaboring those problems which divide us. Let both sides for the first time formulate serious and precise proposals for the inspection and control of arms and bring the absolute power to destroy other nations under the absolute control of all nations. Mm. I do not believe that any of us would exchange places with any other people or any other generation. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can truly light the world. And so, my fellow Americans, mm. ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. No one could use words better than President Kennedy. So when he dies... The greatest singer-songwriter, in my opinion, Bob Dylan, great, but it was this guy, Phil Oakes, put a song together that that was the president and even outdid JFK with the use of words. Oh, the bullets of the false revenge have struck us once again As the angry seas have struck upon the sand Listen to the lyrics. 
And it seemed as though a friendless world had lost itself a friend. That was the president, and that was the man. Here's some more. Oh, I still can see him smiling there and waving at the crowd as he drove through the music of the band. And never even knowing no more time would be allowed Not for the president and not for the man Finally Here's a memory to share Here's a memory to save Of the sudden early ending of command Yet a part of you and a part of me is buried in his grave. That was the president and that was the man. The power of words in a song, in a speech, in a coach, in a teacher, and the integrity you get. So powerful, as Kareem says, even when they don't even speak with words. We'll get into it, the woodenisms with the great Neville Johnson, coming up next on the Weekend Warriors Show here on ESPN LA 710.